hey, how about that? A great start followed by a great bullpen backed by great defense leads to a great win. How about that, Johnny? On Tuesday night, the Angels got a victory 5-1, to one, and we'll tell you all about it and what went right. It's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked on Angels. You are Locked on Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And John and I thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed, as many of you have, over 4,000 of you have. Thank you for that. And also, click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thank you for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. You've got the number one daily Los Angeles Angels podcast here with you Monday through Friday. It's our second year here at Locked on Angels. We're very happy to be here. Longtime fans. I don't care if Mike called Jose Guillen, Jose Bautista yesterday. <laughs> uh, he is a fan through and through. Trust me. Trust I me. wanted him on our team, too, because I loved Jose B- Bautista's bat flip. That was my favorite thing That's about him. Got what it. What a stud. It. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on today's show, we're taking a look at the upcoming schedule in May. We're going to predict the wins that the Angels could come away with this month and why defense matters for this pitching staff. But first, Mike, got to talk about the big win on Tuesday night, Angels win over the Cardinals 5-1. to one. I hate you, by the way. <laughs> uh, Taylor Ward <laughs> Taylor Ward got things started, and it was good to see him bust out of a slump, right? He hit a, uh, th- a first-inning three-run home run. Yes. Johnny, you tweeted this out during the game. It was 111.4 miles per hour off yeah. the bat for Taylor Ward. Yep. And you said if he can continue to get that hit, a hard hit percentage up, then he's going to find his swing again. Ward has been struggling, right, against the fastball so far this season. And you got a great stat here that gives us kind of an indication as to where he's at. Why don't you share that with us? Yeah, in 2022, he was hitting uh, for 8.8 runs above average on the fastball. So basically, every time he hit the fastball over the course of 2022, it ended up being good for about eight, nine runs that yeah. season. Now, He's hit the slider and the changeup well. The slider's at about 1.7, if I remember correctly, so okay. far this season. The changeup is right at zero, so it's league average, runs above average, right? Yeah. However, that home run came on the changeup, and you know what he did, Mike? He pulled it yep. for a lot more power. And What we've noticed is that Taylor Ward is grounding out a lot because he's chasing a little bit more. He's also, eh, with good reason, trying to go the opposite way, which I think is a good quality to have as a hitter to be able to be flexible and try to hit it the other way. But Mike, it just goes to show that when he pulls something, he's got the power and he can get it, get that exit velocity up there again, 111.4 off the bat for that home run against Steven Matz last night. And John, what a difference a year makes for Patrick Sandoval being supported offensively. It seemed like last year every game was two to one or three to one or one to nothing, right? And then he gets pulled with the lead and then they lost the lead. Last night, he really pitched well. He looked great through the first four innings. Cardinals started to maybe figure him out a bit. I wonder if he got a bit tired in in that sixth inning. He did get into the sixth inning 
but went five innings officially, three hits, one run, three walks, four Ks. He's not not blowing people away by striking them out like he yeah. was last season, but he's become maybe more of a complete pitcher. It almost seems like him and Reed Detmers have switched bodies because <laughs> Reed Detmers last year was more of like pitch to contact and get into the fourth and fifth fifth inning. And then Patrick Sandoval was really struggling with a lot of pitches early, but striking out like five to seven, maybe even 10 guys. But this season, it seems like he's pitching more to contact. And I love that he got up to about 98 pitches and that he had a chance to go deeper into this game because Phil Nevin left him in in that sixth inning. It was the fifth inning where they started to get to him a little bit. Mike, I, I he, through two innings, he had over 40 pitches. And I think when it comes yeah. to Patrick Sandoval, he uh, the, the line score doesn't show it with the four Ks. But he's got to stop trying to get guys out all by himself. Nitpicky, he's right? Got to be able to rely right. on that defense. I don't blame him for not relying on the defense because they've let him down time and time again in the past. Well, when you got Renhifo the- in center field, you're probably nervous, right? Because <laughs> all the fans were nervous, <laughs> right? And and so all of that to say the reason why his pitch count was up to 100 pitches by the end of his outing which was in the sixth, but he did go five complete. Yeah, uh, Chris Davinsky had to come in and and clean up that sixth inning. Man, Mike, what an inning it was for Chris Davinsky, who went two innings, yeah. sixth and seventh, only through 17 pitches. There were runners so good. on first, and so uh, at first and second, I should say, Davinsky first pitch, a ground ball to Zach Neto, who glove flips it over to Brandon Drury, who bare hands it, and fires it over to Gio Rochella. Yeah. One pitch, double play, two outs. Then Davinsky is able to strand the runner at third with the next one. And he only, again, only threw 17 pitches. Hey, you know what? Maybe this is a resurgence for Chris Davinsky. It came against the Brewers and now against the Cardinals. So hopefully there's something there. Another thing is Matt Moore striking out three batters coming yep. in and doing well in the eighth. Carlos Estevez shutting the door in a non-save situation, but you know what? At this point, I'll just take somebody that we can trust to finish out the game. Yeah, one, two, three, Mike, on on Carlos Estevez's inning in the ninth inning. So again, great performance all the way around from the pitching to the hitting to the bullpen in this one. It seems like this is the kind of team that we need to have all throughout May, right? Yeah, it felt like Brendan Donnelly to Scott Shields to Troy Percival, right? Like, that's what it felt like. You mentioned that double play glove flip. That was one of the top two moments in this game. The other moment that I thought was really key, John, was in the top of the sixth inning. Nevin Pinch ran for Renjifo after he drew a walk. There were two outs, and so it may have been just a move for defense later in the game, which totally makes sense. But what I loved about this moment is what the Angels need to do more often. And they pinch ran, so Phillips is on first base. Then Chad Wallet gets a single, and now you have a really fast runner in Brett Phillips at second base, yep. and Zach Neto is up, and Neto has shown to be clutch. Like, he has really come through in those moments. Yes. So he gets an RBI single, and he makes it 5-1. to one. John, that add-on run was so great because it was a response to what the Cardinals did in the previous inning, and I think it, w- it put it back to a four-run game, which gave the bullpen 
a whole lot more confidence. Something that this team really needs because a lot of our games have been one to two run leads or one to two run deficits. And when we've had the lead, we haven't been able to tack on runs. And what they were able to do last night is get an add-on run late in the game. And that's going to benefit this bullpen 100%, right? Absolutely. You know what else I love to see is these guys being aggressive going first to third on things that are kind of expected to be singles. You saw Mike Trout do that in the very first inning of the game, which ended up paying off because we were able to score uh, a run and then Taylor Ward hit that three-run home run shortly after. So getting off to a four-to-nothing start certainly gave Sandoval some encouragement to move forward and and pitch well. Hey, a couple notes before this game, Mike. Ryan Tapera was called back up. Andrew Wance was sent down Wance has been good but he did struggle a bit in the last two outings that he had but honestly this is one of those moves that is the result of a lack of flexibility with his staff because they don't want to DFA anybody or they don't want to lose depth and nobody has any options left in this case it's Andrew Wance who does have options I'm glad that they kept Chase Silseth yes yeah same here and word is that he is actually going to be used as a late inning reliever instead of a long reliever, which I love. And it doesn't mean that the Angels have ruled him out to be a starter later in the season. You know what that reminds me of is I I think about Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, those guys, the Brewers. Yeah. They started out as those kind of medium high leverage yeah. guys. And, and that's so how the Brewers used them. You're right. That's how they used them. And now we talk about them as two of the best starters in the league. And so for me, I, I like, to see that they might be doing this with Chase Silseth, to have yeah. him ease into the role, give him high leverage situations, so that that's what he's working with. So he's used to those situations and not, you know, experiencing them as they come, but more yeah. like, hey, this is you, dude. It's a high leverage situation. We've got to put you in there. Yeah. So I, I think this is a great use of Chase Silseth. Maybe even Sam Bachman in this I was, role. I was eventually. just going to say, right? Like, because they had talked about perhaps bringing him up later this this season, and it might be a way of acclimating him into this starting rotation. And I think there's wisdom there, John, because it does give them the feelings and the emotions and the reps in high leverage situations, but they're not having the whole game rest on them. They're not the starter, right? Right. And so I think it gives them good experience, but it also allows them to feel the game. And then when they become the starter that they become, perhaps they can be Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Like that would be fantastic. We'll take it, right? We don't don't need to make the trade anymore. We actually have two great guys on our team. So love that the Angels got a victory last night. John, they moved to 16 and 14 on the season and the Astros lost too. So that's good news. That's right. That's right. Hey, the Angels play game two against the St. Louis Cardinals tonight again at 445 Pacific time. It's Otani day. He's on the bump and the Halos have a chance to win this series. Speaking of which, he was on the bench and had a day off. Mike, Mike Trout, 2Ks, 0 for 4 last night. I didn't see any Tungsten Armo Doyle memes last <laughs> night. Where are the where are your memes, nerds? I didn't right. see any. Come on, nerds. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like the rest of the team did the job because they gave Otani a much-needed day off, and Mike Trout didn't do anything in this game. So uh, all of that to say, Every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast is available to you on SiriusXM with the SXM app. All you have to do is search Angels again, 445 Pacific time. Coming up on Locked on Angels, how many wins do the Halos need in the month of May? We're going to talk about it coming right up. 
Today's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but the actual cost is closer to $200 a month. So if you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they just forgot about, and chances are you're a part of that 80%. I know I am, John. I know you are. Like maybe the Stars app because you wanted to watch that one show or that free gaming trial that you signed up for that you never actually used, Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions that you don't want to pay for anymore. So just hit cancel and Rocket Money will do all of the work for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all of your finances in one place. And if you forgot about your subscriptions, then I think you need some help in actually managing your finances. And they automatically categorize your expenses so that you can easily track your budget in real time and get alerted if anything looks off. Get this, over 3 million people have used Rocket Money and it saved them an average of $720 a year. That's a lot of Starbucks, man. You can go and get a whole lot of coffee or a whole lot of fun with that. So start tracking and saving money today. Check out rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Hey, Locked On Everydayers, those of you who are here every single day of the week, Monday through Friday, tuning in and getting locked on with Mike and John. We want to remind you that we're going to be giving you in-depth analysis for every game the Angels play, plus interesting discussions, backs and forths. Mike and I might not agree on something, which is always fun for our listenership and our viewers, right? Uh, I'm the right, Angels, you're wrong. <laughs> the Angels play, yeah, Jose Batista. The Angels <laughs> play the cards tonight at 4.45 Pacific time. Catch every pitch on the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. You keep running that bit. It's good. It's a good bit. Hey, let's talk about the schedule coming up for the Halos. They have 28 games to play this month. They've already played game one mm-hmm. last night against the w. Cardinals. Got a victory. So good. Uh, two of the teams that they're playing are under 500, the Cardinals currently, and the White Sox. All of the other teams, Johnny, are over 500. Rangers, mm-hmm. Astros, Guardians, O's, Twins, Red Sox, and the Marlins. Marlins are having a pretty good season. Now, if the Halos are going to get to 90 wins then they have to average 15 wins a month. And so they won 15 in April, which was great. So where will they find the 15 wins in May? So let me quickly go over this, and I'd love your thoughts, Johnny. Two more against the Cards. They've got three against Texas. They've got three against Houston, three against the Guardians, four against the O's, and the O's are actually playing really well. The Twins are in first place in the Central. They have three against them, three against the Sox at home, three against the Marlins, three against the White Sox. And if they win every series, John, and split the series against the O's, that would give them 18 wins Hmm. this month. They would go 18 and 10 overall. And at the end of the month, they would be 33 and 24, which... I love that, especially yeah. after last May when everything fell apart. Now, if they lose three series this month, that can still get them to 15 wins. They'd be 15 and 13 overall, 30 and 27. So looking at the, the schedule, what's more reasonable, 18 wins or 15 wins? Or do you have a different number for me? Man, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with the Rangers series just because they have just gotten off to such a hot start. Maybe they'll run into trouble like we did. But you know what's encouraging to me, Mike, is the fact that we go up against this struggling Cardinals team and then we're not the get-right game 
for them. Remember yeah. how that happened with the Phillies? Yes. Obviously, we were you know in the midst of that losing streak against Philadelphia, and then they get right against us, and then they end up in the World Series against right. the Astros. Right. And it always feels that way. I mean, last Monday, I guess it was two Mondays ago now, where the no, yeah, it was two Mondays ago. The A's are just the worst team in baseball, and they get right against us. And yeah. We look like fools out there. And so the fact that we go out against the Cardinals have a, a win handedly five right. to one is right. a good way to win. And that makes me interested to see what's going to happen when we start playing the good teams again, again, the Rangers, the Astros, the Orioles, the Baltimoreos, just trying to save time. Uh, the twins. Yeah. I love that bit. Uh, so uh, man, I, I think 18 and 10 excites me, but man, I, I think I want to err on the side of caution because I'm still not sure who this team is. Yeah. I'm still not quite sure who is, uh, <laughs> what kind of team are we getting on the field? Given our discussion yesterday about Phil Nevin and the decision-making, is this a new team? Is this a different team? Is this a team that's going to make better choices, make good choices, <laughs> uh, Phil? Uh, man, I, I honestly, I want to give them the leeway to lose three series and come out of May 15 and 13, which is, 30 and 27, man, I, I, Mike, May is when they start to turn it around. June is usually when they heat up and yeah. then they roll into the all-star break uh, on all cylinders. I'd like to see them go 18 and 10, but I, I, I want to be reasonable is the hard thing. Uh, I look at the schedule. I think about the White Sox, man, they are just a disaster right, right now. And so maybe we can sweep the cards. Maybe we can sweep the White Sox. And then, you know, you've got some give and take between that. You finish the month with the cards, you end the month, or I should say you begin the month with the cards, you end the month with the White Sox. And if you can take three game sweeps there, that's incredible because that gives you a little more leeway yeah. over these uh, series that are going to be really challenging. Yeah, I think the important games are against the West. I think those are always the most important games. Yeah. And so games against the Rangers and the Astros are really the games that we want to prioritize because those are the teams that are in our division and we want to be able to jump them. John, what's interesting is that the Halos record against teams under 500, and we're including last night's game, they're 12-5. and five, So mm -hmm. they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. But the, the, the teams that they've played that are over 500, they're 4-9. and nine. Mm -hmm. And so they have a chance to rectify that. I think... It'd be great to see them get to 500 against teams over 500 and then continue to raise their record against teams under 500. I'd love to see them be really great with that record and then ha be at 500 against teams that are over 500 because you're supposed to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and then be competitive in those games mm -hmm. when the teams are actually really competitive. The other interesting note, John, is that the Angels, including last night, have had leads in 25 of the 30 games yeah. that they've played. So essentially, essentially, they could be 25 and five right now if the bullpen <laughs> came through. We have the highest, most blown saves right now, but we actually have a really low ERA in the bullpen, which is why ERA isn't always a great measurement of yeah. how much how great a bullpen or pitching staff is doing. But if they if they are the team that they were last night, and if the bullpen is the bullpen that we saw last night with Moore and Estevez and Davinsky, and then adding in Silseth and uh, those other guys, man, I would get I would get confident in this team to say that they are at least going to get 15 wins. I think that's the that's the bottom line. 
But I, I would be excited if they got 16, 17 wins. And if they hit 18, yeah. gosh, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so going back again to what kind of team is this and the fact that they had 25 leads in 30 games, I think about how the bullpen's been used and the decision making there. Mike, they mentioned on the broadcast, uh, Wayne and Gooby, this, this is a completely different bullpen than what we started with. It is. Remember early on when the season started, you and I hammered it home. Guys, we do not have to stick with the bullpen that the Angels are rolling into the season with. They have options. They have the ability to call up guys or send down guys or what have you. I know we just talked about who's out of options and whatnot, and obviously that's a big sticking point. But the fact that you see Davinsky on this team, Chase Silseth, right? Those guys are making a difference and making an impact. And even Tucker Davidson, who might have been the proto six starter, has ended up just being a really solid bullpen piece, which is something you and I had wanted to see over the offseason is just have him pitch out of the bullpen. And that's been working out so well so far. So again, if they can just hold the lead in games where they stick to it, and I don't even care what happens after that. You can you can put Brett Phillips in center field in the third inning if you're up five to nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because you want to have the defense. You don't want those guys to come back. But all of that to say, I really think that if we get this uh new version this post playbook version of the team i could see us maxing out at a ceiling of 18 wins i think that would be really great for the month of may honestly it feels like a new season because i feel like what we saw last night is the kind of team that they should be good defense good pitching good hitting timely hitting delivering with runners in scoring position that's the team that we need to come out this may Lockdown Angels is brought to you by So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win really great rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards head to so rare.com slash locked on that's spelled s-o-r-a-r-e.com to draft your team of free player cards you can set your lineup and you can get starting started and compete today to win really great rewards again that's so rare.com slash locked on you can get started today All right, getting into our last conversation, talking about the importance of defense. Mike, do you want to know where the Angels rank among defensive positions according to fan graphs? I'd love to know. Uh, catcher, they are 20th. Uh, first base, they're actually second, which wow. I think is uh, pretty pretty great considering Gio Rochella has not played a lot of first base in his career. 22nd yeah. at second base, fourth at shortstop. Thank you, Zach Neto. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're tied for 16th at third base. Uh, left field, Taylor Ward, brand new left fielder, third. Center field, they're 15th. And right field, they are tied for first. Thank you, Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Mike, <laughs> in total, if you put all those positions together, they're tied for second in defensive rankings by position. Really? For fan graphs. Really okay. interesting. The fielding percentage by position is also something that uh, jumps out to me because. This is the percentage of plays that they're making at each individual position. 
27th at catcher, 26th at first base. Uh, two, uh, or I should say, uh, second base is tied for 20th. Shortstop is tied for fourth. Third base, 30th. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, and that has everything to do with Rendon's airs over there. Yeah. And also putting Renhifo over there for a couple of innings. <laughs> um, yeah. Left field tied for first. Center field tied for first. Right field tied for 18th. And in total, they're tied for 21st in fielding percentage. So again, the the way that they're ranked by position versus the fielding percentage, fielding percentage is more of their ability to complete the play as yeah. opposed to making the play. Does yeah. that make sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Angels have allowed, uh, this was before last night, but Angels have allowed 20 unearned runs this yeah. season. Now, here, here's why all of this matters, Johnny. The Halos are second in the league for the most batters faced in the seventh inning or later when the game is tied or they're up by one or two runs. Angels pitchers have faced 173 batters in this scenario before today's game. This information came from Jeff Fletcher. Thank you, Jeff, uh, friend of the pod. Now, here's, here's the stats. In those 173 plate appearances, Angels pitchers have allowed this slash line, 240, 327, 327, and 654 OPS. Now, the average across the league is 229, 311, 363, and an OPS of 675. What I want you to notice hmm. is the slugging percentage. Mm-hmm. The Angels slugging percentage that they've allowed is 327. The league has allowed 363, which means that this team is giving up a lot of soft contact. Yeah. They're not giving up a lot of home runs, which is really awesome because they gave up a lot of home runs last season. However, something that you've talked about and something that you've noticed, John, is what you call the dinky doos, the little <laughs> singles, the bloop singles, the 79 miles per hour off the bat ground ball, right? Yeah, and we the saw the handle. angels. <laughs> yeah. We saw the angels really struggle with just getting like completing the ground ball and turning that play where they need to turn that play. And so this team isn't going to get homered or doubled to death, but in tight games, they can get singled to death because they are going to give up a lot of soft contact, which is why you need a strong defense behind them. So Johnny, if you're Phil Nevin, how do you shore up this defense? Man, you really have to consider the kinds of errors that have been happening. Just, Thoughtless things like Brandon Drury not throwing to home very early on in the season. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, Rendon, who couldn't, you know, he's got that sidearm throw, which he's been doing it his whole career. So obviously it's it it works. But man, those two back to back throws, I believe it was in a game that Patrick Sandoval started. Yeah. And they were way offline. And it's stuff like that that they have to clean up now, whether that's through drills, whether that's through more coaching. These guys work hard. And obviously we see that on the field. Honestly, seeing Zach Neto out there has been a game changer for us. Mike. So Having smooth. him at shortstop. And I think it was Wayne Randazzo who was like, how old is this kid again? 22? Like mm-hmm. he looks like he's been here forever. And I thought that was a great way of putting it. Yeah. He's so comfortable at shortstop. Again, he's playing college ball this time last year. And he's up here playing like a big leaguer, playing like he's played shortstop forever. Mike, I think one of the ways you shore up the defense is by trusting the guys that you've brought to this team to play those roles. I mm. loved seeing Brett Phillips come in for Luis Renjifo. Renjifo actually has not been terrible 
in the outfield statistically. Now, the eye test, you might go, well, that was a pretty bad route. Yeah. That was not a great catch. However, if you just look at the solid numbers, much better in the outfield than the infield. But he's not somebody I would put out there to trust. And I understand they wanted his bat in there last night because the Cardinals were starting a lefty out there. Uh, and and obviously you can't have Brett Phillips against a lefty and a righty for that matter. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but to see him come in and pinch run and then play some really good defense after that, I thought was very important. Mike, I think another way that we shore up this team, and this isn't something that the Angels really have control over until the matter is settled, but I think Jared Walsh back at first base hmm. is going to be huge for this team. Not to say that Gio Urshela isn't doing a great job because I think that he is. He has done so well at first base and has been very impressive. Uh, I, I trust him over there. But you just think about how many stretch plays that Jared Walsh has made or how many rockets off the bat that he's caught or been able to knock down over his career. I'm looking forward to seeing him back as well. So again, if these guys are going to get singled to death, it's because they're not completing the plays that they need to make. Yeah. If, if there's a double play opportunity, they have to do that. And you saw that last night with Zach Neto. That was a huge double play because it changed the whole trajectory of that inning. Chris DeVinci comes in, two on, nobody out. And this is a mess that's left behind, so to speak, by Patrick Sandoval. One pitch, two outs. I know. I'll take that every time. This so is good. the team that they need to look at, look like. What do you think? I agree. And it just it goes to show how important that shortstop position really is because Zach Neto has really solidified the up-the-middle defense. And it's why we wanted a shortstop. It's why we wanted the Angels to go get somebody. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't go get somebody because Zach Neto is really performing well. He's our leadoff hitter. But you're right. I think that needing... Needing Jared Walsh back, I think, would, would really help solve some of the the tensions that they're feeling about maybe throwing over to first base or if it is a really terrible throw while she's able to get it, unlike maybe Jake Lamb. You know, he's tried to do the best job he can. And also Drury. And yeah, high five to Gio Urshela because he's playing a position that he hasn't played too often. But I think that he's probably your best option at first base right now. And then having Drury at second base, especially as his bat was getting hotter. So I, I think I think you're right. I think having having these guys actually make the plays that they're supposed to play, they're supposed to make, will will really help this defense to just be major leaguers. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny to say, but like be a major leaguer. Clean, clean it up. Clean it up. Keep your head down. I want to see the top of your hat. I want to see the ball on the top <laughs> of your hat, and I want you to watch the ball into your glove and then make the play. That, right, we right. learned that in Little League. Come on. Right. There's one more point. You said here's why this matters with the Halos being second in the league for most batters face seventh inning or later when tied or up by one to two runs. Again, that's from Jeff Fletcher, the OC register. Mike, if if they're allowing, like I said, second most for batter's face, that means that guys who should have been out of the inning on the mound are having to go through another set of an at-bat. So yes. maybe another full count or yeah. maybe another five foul balls off the bat, right? These guys are battling our relief pitchers. And with... The starters not going deep into games right now, other than Otani, uh, and we saw Anderson go about six and a third, I believe, the last time out. These guys are ramping up their workload and trying to get deeper into games. That's why I like seeing Patrick Sandoval back out there again, because so far the starters have not gotten deep into games. And for as much as we're like, why aren't they using this guy in the bullpen? 
there's there's a workload management to be to be had here. You don't want to exhaust these guys in April so that they can't be used in May, right? Yeah, right. And that's what we saw last season. So again, if the Angels can make those simple plays, they cut down on the number of batters faced, they cut down on the number of pitches out of the bullpen, and then you get a night like Chris Davinsky going two innings on 17 pitches and getting one out or two outs with one pitch. That's yep. the kind of stuff that you want to see, and that's the result of good Angels defense. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Remember, the Angels play tonight against the Cardinals starting at 445 Pacific. Shohei is on the bump, and it's his first time pitching in St. Louis, so those fans are going to love that, and he's going to be hitting as well. Catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, be sure to give us a follow at Locked On Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Keep up with the show there. Keep up with the latest episodes that are released. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have some thoughts or questions, you can always send those in to us because we always do Fan Mail Friday on Friday. So be sure to get at us on our socials. Hey, Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? All right, Gary Sanchez is a free agent. And so the question we're going to wrestle with tomorrow is, should the Angels pick him up? Or should the Angels leave him alone? We'll talk about that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. All righty. Looking forward to that conversation. In the meantime, we will see you again soon. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Angels, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.